Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. I've done a bunch of recordings recently for one shot and, you know, Rag. I have to teach, tell that uh, method to every group that I do it with. And every time I do, I go, hey, if you mess up, don't worry, because I do this with a group that I've been working with for years and they consistently mess it up. So y'all are the low benchmark. Hey, hey, everybody wait, hey, gets wait, to clear. We get to the clap, don't we? If we get to the cloud, that means we succeed. I peak eventually, and that's what's important. I want to explain Margaret and the Forest Queen and stuff to this group. And I think I want one of them to be like, I would have just told the Forest Queen to like, fuck off. And I want to try and like, summon her somehow. Johnny, no! Drunk dial the Forest <laughs> Queen! <laughs> Johnny, no! Yeah, dude! No! Cool. Okay. I need you to first roll me a perception check with two black dice. Okay. I Uh, need you to wait while I pull up my character sheet. (laughs) You said perception with two black, correct? Yes. And Uh, what's the difficulty? uh, Average. So two purple with the two black. That is two successes and two threats. Ooh. Oh, shit. So here's the thing. Um, You are at a point in your drinking where you can feel alcohol poisoning start to set in. Um, And like this is a game of chicken that you have played with yourself many times before. You know, you're not at a point where you're eminently gonna die but like your memory could start playing hell with you a little bit so you're deep in your cups and you you've told this wild story and you know there are laughs and cries around you like you are being travis madigo at a party with heavy drink so you've you've drawn attention from a group, even if a bunch of people have left going like, okay, this is clearly a bullshit story that somebody is telling. This is not a thing. Like, things are swirling around, and you do remember one face that, like, kind of sticks with you. And you will, at the end of this night, 
remember that face. But for right now, it doesn't stick out to you as a significant detail. I want to move ahead to this drunk dial, though. And this, I think, is a hard primal magic check. That's three purple? Yeah. That's three successes, my friend. Oh, let's uh, let's also add two black dice. I don't think this will endanger that at all. But like, That is three successes and two threats. Perfect. I want you to describe for me, Johnny, how someone would contact the Forest Queen. It's got to be a ritual of some mm-hmm. kind. So I can you remind me, mm-hmm. I believe, and I could be wrong, but the, Travis's Ocus has some tie to the Queen, but I could be wrong about that. Yes, the thing that we decided about Travis's Ocus is it is in the shape of the Queen's crown. Um, mm. I think that is the only thing that we decided about it. So it is like, it's a metallic object that looks like these interlocked branches and blooms. I think, well, first of all, something that I just thought of is I I do want to eventually figure out what that looks like so I can get a tattoo of it. Mm-hmm. Um, second, I think that if someone wants, someone has a connection to one of these luminaries, I think that the ritual involved is like, basically they would play, maybe it can be any bet, maybe not. But I think in this case, Travis wants, would, would set up a game of Illimat, but basically someone would kind of take the, um, almost the role of this luminary. And if that person, the like surrogate luminary wins, you know, or, or I don't know if it would be if Travis wins or if that person wins, but if one of them wins, basically then like the, that the power of that real luminary is like called and brought forth. So it's like a, it's like a ritual and a wager and maybe you have to win. Like maybe Travis has to beat the person who's standing in as this, this luminary. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like Um, a Ouija board. It's like using Illimat as like a Ouija board kind of. I like that. So yeah, you set up this kind of ritual game and this, oh yeah, because you're summoning a luminary and the luminaries are a part of Illimat itself. And it is a difficult thing for most people to do. And you have to bet with true Ocuses in order to pull it off. And you have to legitimately uncover the Forest Queen. To summon a luminary, you have to shuffle the luminary deck. You deal out four luminaries to the board. And if you manage to uncover the one that you are trying to summon, they can appear into your surrogate. One of the things that you need to do, though, is you need to bet with your surrogate if I win, you will act as surrogate to the Forest Queen. They have to accept that bet and lose to you in that game. So there are a lot of layers at play here. You know, a lot of coincidences that need to line up. But if there's one thing that we know about Travis Matigo, it's that he can win a hand of Illimat drunk and as a bird. Uh <laughs> And at this point, 
He's only one of those two things. <laughs> so you play through this round. And in fact, the person who suggested that you tell off the forest queen is the person who ends up in this game of Illimat with you. Uh, and she loses. She loses the game of Illimat. And at the point that she loses, at the point that those points are calculated, you know, Travis will look up from his cards and then look across the Illimat table and he will be looking into the golden glowing eyes of the forest queen. And you got two threats, not only on this game, but on your perception. And so I have decided that your two threats are that you don't remember what you said to the forest queen. (gasps) (laughs) 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 But we... Come to the morning. Travis, (laughs) you are just off of horrible, racking pain of transformation, which in a way was welcome because what you were feeling before was the horrible, racking pain of dying of alcohol poisoning and the horrible, racking pain of heartbreak. And the one thing about your awful transformations is at least they provide a distraction from heartbreak, if not a reprieve. And you feel comforting arms around you as you are transforming. And when your eyes sort of turn from the blur of someone who has had far too much to drink and is nearing the end of his life to the odd way that a snake sees the world with its own eyes, you are looking up into the face of the Morrigan, whose arms were around you when you transformed. The Morrigan, for those who play this game and don't remember, is a member of the crew of the glass. She is their star watcher, and she is a part of a boon promised to you to teach you things about your transformations as a changeling. Yes. Okay. Do I do I remember this person from last night or no? That is the success that you got from your perception role earlier. The person who suggested that you call the Forest Queen to tell her off is indeed the Morrigan. Well, good morning, Travis. What happened? What do you mean, what happened? What did I do? What did you make me do? She smiles at you, and there is an echo of the Queen's awful predatory smile on her face. In your browning out from last night, one of the things that flashes is her face being the same as the queen's face and bearing a similar smile. Why, you spoke your mind last night. No, 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 that's not good. Well, it's all right. It's all right, because I learned some things about you last night, Travis Matago. I learned two very important things. The first 
is that you're a very interesting changeling, indeed. And the second is that you're a gambling man. And I just so happen to be a gambling person. And I owe you a boon. So what do you say you and I make a little wager? And we'll see if we can't make up for some decisions you made last night. (laughs) Well, far be it from me to turn down such a generous offer. Morgan smiles. Despite spending the night in heavy drink with you and having been possessed by a luminary, which I imagine is not a comfortable experience, she still has the kind of spooky elegance that she had when you met her. She moves in a strange way, one that feels more animalistic than entirely human. She's almost got like some ticks. You know, her head moves the way a crow might move its head when it's investigating something. But before we get into all of that, we have to cut to the other side of the ship in what I assume is going to be Dreth's office. I think all of you have taken to sleeping. Jonnet, you know, had a good night, turned in early so that he could wake up and do this training that he was going to get from Iwano. The captain went to his quarters and did whatever it is a ghost inhabiting uh, their dead body does instead of sleep. And Gable had a whole ass night. So I want to know what does Jonnet look like sleeping in Dref's office and what does Gable look like passed out in Dref's office? <laughs> I I feel like Jonnet is probably... Dref has a, a chair that he, you know, works at and it's it has like a very slight recline to it. And so mm-hmm. when Jonnet sleeps in Dref's office, he kind of like sleeps up on the in, in the chair. It's like a lazy, lazy slumber. He's probably got his side pack like filled with <laughs> the accumulating bandanas from his travels. And he's got that up as a pillow. And so he's just kind of like waking up and then probably taking in the immediate sight of. Yeah. I think what happened in Gable in the middle of the night came in way too late. It was trying to be very quiet. <laughs> kept on like couldn't get the door and walking tiptoe. I just gotta be very quiet. Very super quiet. Oh, I think no. Nodos and Wendell are like helping you into the room, which is just way too many people to be helping you into the room also. Johnny sleeps here. Johnny sleeps here. There, there were, there, I feel like they were there were several different moments in that whole sequence when Jonnet not even quietly says, Gable, you're fine. Just get where you need to be. Jonnet, Gable, you're fine. I'm everyone shh. <laughs> Jonnet, I see boy. you. You're 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 tall Johnny, and loud. Jonnet, you're asleep right now. You're growing boy. There's a spittoon on your foot. How I had put it, there's my new shoe. Uh and then it gave a, like 
slowly <laughs> like tried to sing John a lullaby and tuck him in like go to sleep I'm going to sing you a song no no Gable. good night good night it's time for sleeping tight good night good sleep this it's isn't this isn't a song Gable <laughs> you're free associating a song from what you're looking at in the office into skull land and vials here and far fields of snow okay i'm asleep the captain i'm asleep too. you did it okay you're asleep you did it. all right okay i'm just going to put my head down on this table good night <laughs> Yeah. So, Gable, you wake up like you kind of like laid on the medical beds that are there. But I think as we established when you were being treated earlier, they're not exactly big enough for you. So you did have to kind of spread across one of the beds and lay on the desk a little bit. So, yeah, you are awake. I I, I don't I'm going to let you, Liz, decide whether or not angels can get hangovers. I do like the idea of angels being able to get drunk. So we're definitely keeping that for sure. <laughs> There's, I think there's enough there to be like, well, this is not a pl- the most pleasant of mornings. Mm-hmm. There is a knocking at the door. I think Janet kind of gets what? up, takes in Gable, takes in the knocking, and then he goes to, to grab the door. But then beforehand, he, he goes and grabs a little vial and then he throws in the uh, the sphere equivalent of, oh, yeah. of Alka-Seltzer. And, uh, and he's like, oh, I don't even know. But you- well, I mean, you do know because you saw Dref prepare it like oh, yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a thing that happened on the show before. Yeah. Uh, so he, he like goes through that, that concoction and then he just he puts it on the desk oh. next to Gable. And then and then he goes to, to answer the door. So you try to open the door and immediately, like the door gets opened by about six inches and immediately stops. Uh, You look down, you can see that Nodos and Wendell are passed out in front of the door and they're they're just sort of blocking the way. But through that little crack, you can see Hawano with uh, the captain standing next to him. Uh, Are we late? Or are you early? Who is it? <laughs> Everything's moving just on time. Love that line. <laughs> but uh, you might want to get yourself ready and bring something to drink. Not alcoholic, preferably. Okay. Hang on. I got to fix something up for these guys. They're going to need it. The, the, the captain actually bends down and like picks them up in either hand. And I will point out, you know, Nodos and Wendell, Wendell is like wiry, but he's very tall. And Wendell is just a huge slab of beef of a man. The captain picks them up like they weigh nothing and sort of gently piles them on another part of the hallway and wow. <laughs> uh, opens up the door. He, he he puts them leaning on a wall like very casually, even though they're, they're knocked the F out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good morning. We have to go get our snake. We have to go get him. He doesn't have feet. We have to get our snake because he can't walk because he's doesn't have just a tummy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut back to Travis. 
So I am obligated to you a boon. And I was thinking before I got to have a bit of a time with you last night that there are a lot of things that a person like me could offer a changeling. A lot of lessons that maybe you haven't learned and that maybe the queen kept hidden from you. But learning your story, oh, there's so much more, Travis Matago. So, I figured it would be a bit of a shame if we parted our ways and you didn't have a chance to learn all from me that you could. But I don't give away boons for free. And you could take just one lesson or one bit of information from me and we'd part our ways both obligations fulfilled. But if you'd be willing to wager doing boons for me, we could go to a bit of a competition. So I offer you this, Travis. I have five things that I feel I could teach you. And there are four things I'd very much like you do for me. We'll assign them to luminaries. I've picked out ones that I think might be on your side. And there are a few that I think might be working against you. We'll have you draw from the deck and see what you come up with. Every time you pick a luminary that works in your favor, I'll agree to teach you a lesson or tell you some information, and then we'll remove it from the deck. Every time you pull a luminary that might work against you, you'll agree to do something for me, and then we'll remove it from the deck. Every time something goes good for you, favor shifts to me. Every time something goes good for me, favor shifts to you. Seem fair? Well, it certainly seems fair, but that doesn't mean that it is. What sort of boons are you expecting from me? Oh, they're little things. Easy things. Things that when you agree to them right now might seem like nothing at all. Maybe they're even things that you were planning on doing anyway. I can just tell that someone is going to make me do chores before I leave this this floating city, and it makes me furious. (laughs) I've asked men to do many things, Travis Matago, but chores ain't ever been one of them. If those terms are acceptable to you, then I'll ask for your auntie. You'll give me your name. And I'll give you my name. Did we ever make a last name for William? No. But also, I think just saying William is probably more than enough name for you. Unless you had a good last name idea that you want to throw on there. No. William, only a man. (laughs) (laughs) Only Yaman. Only Yaman. I mean, if we wanted to be like really on the nose, (laughs) 
William Hooman. <laughs> it could be like William Hoodat. William Lom. But that's ex- that's, that's like extremely on the nose. That's extremely on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> just the word human in French. You can't. You well, can't I mean, Madigo is just fucking. Yeah. It's basically mm, French werewolf. werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aru. Um, I'm leaving this entirely in your hands. Yeah, I'll, I'll just stick with werewolf? William right now. Hang on, okay. I have to Google. What are you googling? Madigo is werewolf? What? It's not werewolf. Yeah. It's, but, but, but it's, it's like kind sh- of. You didn't yeah, know it's this? It's like a shh. No. Yeah, Johnny just made his whole deal his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's already wow. extremely on the nose. Wow, Johnny. Love it. I love it. I love it. I didn't know this until like literally I read a, a fan talking about how he had just fully called himself Travis Werewolf. <laughs> and the best part about it is this is a name that Travis picked for himself. <laughs> so he literally was like, I think I'll be Travis Werewolf. <laughs> well, that was, you know, we've we've already established had lots of names. He was Jolly Jack. He was Kevin Lugaru, um, which <laughs> is the real Red. French word for werewolf. No! Uh, <laughs> God. And Trevor McRib, which is made of werewolf meat. I so. feel like I feel like at some point we did actually make him something McRib. Um, yeah, just William is fine then. So William. <laughs> you say that, and your Ocus will materialize on the Illimat, which has been left near you. Oh, spooky. It comes out of my because it's in my <gasps> snake goop right now yeah yeah Mm. it like ooh, ew i don't know if i want it to be drawn from you or just to materialize like there is part of me that likes that you would just have to regurgitate it in my head you know in the little mermaid when she's like singing and you can see her voice like coming out Mm -hmm. i imagine it's like that where it's like kind of like glittery like sort of floats out of him and materializes that is cool and i think we will go with that so like yeah it it floats out and delicately floats down to the illimat in front of you and with that the morrigan places two fingers down on the illimat and goes i am called barb maka nimain i wear three masks one is broken one no longer fits and one is worn by another and she pulls her fingers back there is a what looks like a coin shaped a bit like a shield on the table the coin has three human faces on it one of them is scratched out entirely one of them looks like there is a crack around it and one of them looks like it has worn or there's some rust in the center of those three faces is a raven both of our names are on the table so you have assurances that I will not lie to you and I have assurances that if you agree to do something for me that you'll do it with that you can feel the shadows in the room grow a bit heavier 
it might feel a little bit colder, but you know, this feeling is not entirely unfamiliar to you because you've been in your fair share of magical Illimat games in the past. Like this just kind of feels like one of those. And then between your Ocuses, she lays out nine luminaries spread out. You can cut the deck if you like, William. I do feel like he's probably pretty good at manipulating the cards as a snake. Because yeah, we've <laughs> sure. we've established that as he's a snake, got, he's got fun tail tricks. Hmm. So I do it very well, and it's very cool. <laughs> I feel like the split, the split and the tongue, like come together to grab individual cards. <laughs> I like the idea that he like coils around it and he can do a bit of like a waterfall shuffle to it. Uh. Yeah. Even, even as a snake, Travis's expression is clear. He is clearly satisfied with himself. (laughs) Um, And after your cut, once again, the Morgan spreads out the cards so that you can see the backs of each of them. And, like the intensity of the light and feeling in the room like surrounds those cards. And then everybody else walks in the room. Hey, Travis. We're going to go collect your snake. <laughs> hey, Travis. Oh, yes. We're going to go learn how to dance. Come on. Let's go, man. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, next week on May 11th, we are launching the Kickstarter for Skyjack's Courier's Call Season 2. I am so excited about this season. If you happen to be a Patreon backer or on the Skyjack's mailing list, you've gotten to see a preview of our Kickstarter project already, and you know about all the cool plans we have in store. Myself and the Courier's Call team are all looking forward to this project being a big success, and in order to do that, we really need your support. If you haven't already, follow the link in the show notes to our preview page and mark yourself to be notified as soon as the project goes live. I want as many people as possible coming out early for this project, backing right away, because that will give us the momentum we need to fulfill all our hopes and dreams for this project. One of our first stretch goals will double the length of season two and give us my favorite idea that we've come up with for this show, the Audrin Prom. And trust me, if you haven't checked out Skyjack's Courier's Call already, now is a great time to check out that series and get caught up before Season 2. And if you just can't wait for that Kickstarter, you can always head over to our Patreon page, where we are currently posting weekly updates for the Courier's Call Jolly Jack crossover series where our favorite kids from the Red Audrin meet up with Jolly Jack as he's traveling around with another fan favorite, Margaret. So once again, get prepared for the launch of the Courier's Call Season 2 Kickstarter on May 11th and head to the preview page to get notified as soon as the project launches. Heroes, we've got some new Arnie Parrot music coming up for you in this episode, and I want everybody to give a big thank you to Casey, Tony, and Arnie for getting it ready for this week's episode. That was a bit of a last-minute challenge for us as we completely forgot that this is the week that we intended to premiere this music. But I am thrilled with the results, and I know you will be too. A huge thank you to our Patreon backers for making all of this possible. 
Without our supporters on Patreon, we wouldn't be able to afford to have Casey Tony, our fantastically talented editor, Arnie Parrott, our extremely talented musician and composer, our stellar cast, and of course, me, uh, who lives off of that money. A huge thank you to everyone who's supporting us on Patreon already, and everyone who's going to support us in the future. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go, man. Come on. Let's go. I'm kind of in the middle of something. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We had to get our snake. Come on. Come on. Oh, I'm afraid he's definitely in the middle of an engagement that he can't pass up. Well, my time is very valuable. Yeah, but we've only got we've only got a couple hours in af- afternoon before the thing. Come on. Well, we have to we have to I, do a dance fight, and we have to teach I, him how to do snake dance fight. But I won't be a snake when the thing happens. It'll be in there. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say I don't know how to teach no snakes. <laughs> oh. I can't teach a snake. So Travis is getting out of this? Travis this is exactly what he wants. Well, is oh. he going to be a snake? No, he, look, no, much- when the sun goes down, he's going to be a man. As much as I am very glad that I won't have to do any chores for this man, like you both will, I'm sure, um, (laughs) I am in the middle of something. I might have last night made a few mistakes, and I think you will appreciate the fact that they must have been pretty big if I'm willing to admit it. You see, John, it's going to be another one of those situations where... Travis is dealing with his own thing, and we're going to be dealing with that in a different screen. While you and I do all the work, which is somehow less interesting, but also very important. But meanwhile, Travis gets to go on his little adventures because of his fi- because of his feelings. So, how about you and I just go along? Fine. Do some real work. Fine. Now, Gable, here's the thing: there's nothing stopping you from taking these big swings. Nothing. <laughs> It was just a thing I said. And then that it is. happened. But That's the whole seems, thing. Don't go dance. Like go the, do something. The arc of the, the arc of the, uh, like, the, it seems like there's a hand that really enjoys, like, uh, crea- creating these diversions. Who keeps on saying yes instead of saying no. Or, like, editing. There's, there's no editor uh, there for, for your little... <laughs> Little situations, and then Gable, we try we, cut, try we cut over to John and he's met, j- talking to Juano. Yeah, they do this. Yeah. <laughs> they do this. Yeah, they'll they'll work it out. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to do that in the dance. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the first that's the first lesson is don't 
do this. Whatever <laughs> this is, this is bad. That's fair. That's you know fair. what? You know what? I will make big swings, but I'll I'll make them after I get my business done because we have business to do. Well, here's and the thing. And someone wants to get through here in three episodes, so I'm going to be the responsible one. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to keep it. Actually, you know what? Hang on. I'm stepping in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right here with Gable. <laughs> I am right here with Gable. <laughs> I am going to I'm gonna say uh, I did plan for almost exactly this to happen. The only thing I didn't plan for is for Travis to drunk dial the forest queen. So that – that's wild. I mean, me. that is fair. Um, but I did see it felt like the hand was reading something <laughs> when the hand was interacting with Travis, which made me think, did the hand have this something fair. planned? I don't know. <laughs> but oh okay, the hand the just hand raised the eyebrows does, at, at us. There's <laughs> a knowing hand. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. And I will take your advice. Like, I'm going to maybe next next time I'm going to make a maybe I'll I'll I'll, I'll do, do a big jump, but not today. I'll let Travis engage with this. Hello, the Morgan. Good morning to you. And I guess we'll see you not dancing. Did you did you expect me to dance or do chores as a snake? Yes. We expected you to you at least your pretend own to bucket, contribute. Your own little... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, you, who, would, who wouldn't want to see a snake riding the wind? I think good. there are real snakes that do that. That's another thing that I can do now. <laughs> is just jump out of trees like that one kind of snake. All right. I'm going to step in here and say that we're burning daylight. Uh, yes. Hawano like, kind of hurries... You know, Gable and Jonnet and the captain out of the room. He turns back to look at the the Morgan and Travis and like, you know, look at this woman who's, you know, in this like witch costume with this heavy makeup (laughs) bent around this like Illimat board. Good luck with all of this. And leaves and Travis, I, I this is one of the things that uh, upsets me that we are not recording in person anymore because I so badly want Johnny to or Johnny to pull the first luminary. Mm. I mean, I do have a deck that I can grab. You don't have a deck that has all of the luminaries that I have in it, which is unfortunate. But uh, are you ready to start? I yes. So. At the beginning of each round, you can decide whether you want to keep pushing your luck or whether you want to call it enough. Seem fair? Oh, it seems fair. I I will press my luck. Big money, no whammies. All right. Do you want to draw from the top, the end, or somewhere in the middle? Let's go in the, right in the middle. Right in the middle. Going right in the middle, and you pull the rake, who is distinctly not on your side. Well, there we have it. The first thing that I'll ask you to do, William, is to keep playing with me. Okay, well, that's that's like a, you know... I mean, I was gonna anyway, but I don't like where this is going because it feels like, um, I don't know. I don't trust you. I'll be honest. I don't trust you. (laughs) 
It's probably in your best interest not to trust me. So that's good. Let's cut over to the rest of the group. We're about to do a sports training montage, folks. Uh, this is a moment. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, this is the thing. This is entirely within your purview to define. You can tell me, like, you know that he is trying to teach you a slow and flowing style of dance. Chores is something that has been floated by everyone. And you know I love chores. We all love our kids' karate. So, yeah, chores can absolutely be a part of this. I I want everybody to tell me (laughs) one thing that Hawano is making you do. Clean Travis's bunk. (laughs) Why would he? Why would he? Yeah, he's taking you... He's taken you off the ship, so it will not be clean Travis's bunk, but it could be clean something. I, uh, tell me wh- what is going to happen for you. There's a moment where Jonnet has to restring his banjo, but, you know, there's normally a, like a tool that you use to wind the strings of a banjo, which m- makes it faster, but it doesn't work that way. Hawano's strings are like incredibly dense and it's very hard to do it, but he makes you do it by hand and each each twist is exponentially harder than the last. And John's like, I don't want, what is this? And and yeah, he's he's got to do that. <laughs> And we're not going home till the war is done. Liz, what, what, what do you uh, think? For some reason, he needs a lot of wicker baskets moved. But <laughs> when Gable tries to pick one up, they grasp too tightly. So they accidentally crush the wicker basket. So he needs to instruct them as to how to gently use strength to carry without crushing and use grace to carry all of these many, many baskets. Yeah, what happens is Gable's got a pretty big wingspan being seven feet tall. He's like, move all these wicker baskets. So Gable like gathers a bunch up in their arms and like kind of crushes it to themselves to like awkwardly bring them over. And, you know, he goes, no, 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 no. And he grabs a couple baskets and they're kind of like rolling on his arms and then he grabs one between his legs and whatnot and he's still moving kind of like contact juggling yeah he's like a little bit contact juggling them and of course we see gable try to copy those movements and immediately fall down and look all dejected but then there's still one that they still have rolling it catch at the last minute and then he gives him the thumbs And we're never going to finish what we've just begun. Johnny, what, what, what do you think for this? Um, so in the new Karate Kid, mm-hmm. there, there were some things that weren't chores, like putting your jacket on and taking your jacket off. Oh, oh, we were talking about the Jaden Smith Karate Kid should have been titled Kung Fu Kid. Yes. Yes. Um, but the, K- Kung Fu Panda owns the film rights to Kung Fu. Word. So I think maybe it's something kind of like that. What if, like, there are these kind of flowing garments that you have to put on and... 
there are a lot of layers to them and like it's really complicated to like find the right shirt holes and whatnot. So you, you really struggle with them and like Hawano like kind of does a move that like he flows into it and then like flows out of it yeah. in very simple movements. Like a, almost, maybe almost like a poncho where it's like, but if a poncho had kind of like armholes or maybe just like a, a some sort of shirt with like very large armholes and very flowy sleeves. I like yeah. that. And I like that there are like different elements that you kind of have to move into and out of as this whole thing. So we have Oromar here and Oromar has some motor control, but not all of it. So I think he reaches for the shirt and he's just so strong now with his undead strength that he smashes the wicker basket that's underneath it. And Hawano just like grabs his head and shakes his head. Then the next thing is you all have to balance on, on top of posts. Oh, you, you got one? I got a, Yeah, I got a different thing. Yeah, go for it. It's like in grade school, you all get in that circle, cat paw, um, <laughs> grade school, you all get in a circle around that parachute and you you throw it up in the air. Uh, yeah. So it's that, but whatever, for whatever reason, in Ngoni, the gust of the suction that is created when you throw it up is so intense. And so the instruction oh. is... You thrust it up, and then Hawano calls out a name, and then you have to, like, let go, and then you have to be carried in. Whoa, okay. Oh. <laughs> we got the full cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my cat truly just fell from her bed above me. Um, all right, let's try that again. <laughs> okay. So, She's um, very embarrassed. You've got to, like, throw the parachute up, and then, like, he calls out someone to let go and get thrust in, and your goal is to, like, ride the wind so you come out on the other side of the parachute. Okay. Yeah. I want to play with this a little bit. I like the idea that you are in a space in Ungoni where there is, like, a hole that you can uncover from the ground, and just, like, a tunnel of wind shoots up. So you can... You can all be grabbing this parachute and put it over the tunnel of wind and it will make you all float in the air. He will say someone's name and that person has to let go of the parachute and like land gracefully without hurting themselves. Meanwhile, everyone else who's holding on to the parachute has to work to balance it very quickly. So as soon as you hear the person's name, you need to anticipate where you're going to go on the parachute and the person letting go has to figure out a way to land safely when they're like dangling like, you know, six or eight feet in the air. So there's that. This is a very complicated thing. And like the parachute sort of like spins out of control. And we're never gonna stop till we're off the ground. And we'll say Jonnet. Jonnet, you you kinda land and you don't land gracefully. And you're like looking at Hawano like how am I supposed to do this? This is wild. And everybody else is like screaming in the background. <laughs> We cut over to Travis. We cut back from the sports montage over to Travis. So then, what will be your next pick? 
I'll draw from the top. Oh, this doesn't appear to be going your way at all, Matago. It's the river. Woof. All right. Well, I gave you your chance to have things easy, but it seems you're the type of man who likes to make things more difficult for himself, which I suppose tracks with everything I've seen so far. It's a simple request. During the tornado, Colin, I need you to do something and try to eliminate Gable. What do you mean, eliminate? Oh, it's simple. If someone falls from the tornado, Colin, they're out. The team doesn't have them anymore. I'll leave to you to decide what you want to do and how you want to do it. But you have to eliminate your friend. It's against your best interest, but that's why it's one of my requests. Well, now the tricky thing is I do enjoy seeing them fail. Which is something you wanted to do anyway. So everyone wins. And what if I don't? Oh, you you can't. You already agreed. Hmm. I was afraid of that. You've played games like this before, William. You know. So, by my count, there are only two bad cards left. Everything else is in your favor. I'm sure I'll draw the two. We can only hope. Where's it going to be, Matago? Middle. The perfect crime. For this card, I offer you this gift. I'll show you the way to transform without pain. I'll I'll allow it. (laughs) With that, she sweeps a hand over your ocus. What does this information feel like to you? So is she just teaching me I would still transform at the same times it just won't it won't hurt. I think learning this feels more painful than you know like the sum of all of the transformations. You know what I mean? It's just like <sighs> I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going to add something else to it. You need to do something to transform without pain. Uh, It can either be a kind of ritual, a kind of meditation, or maybe it's something that you need to take to inoculate yourself from the pain. Uh, Each time? Each time. What she's doing is showing you the way to transform without pain for you in your circumstances you need to do something actively to do that. So I want to know what it is. What if it's some sort of, you know, potion or tea that needs to be consumed that's made from, because we've got some changeling parts lying around. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, yeah. So what if I need to use those changeling parts to like make some, you know, fucked up gross tea? Yeah. 
you will need to, I, what I think it is, it is uh, because we already kind of have a tea that aids in transformation. We've got heart root tea in the setting. It's a heart root tea mixture that requires changeling parts. And part root tea. I, yeah, part root tea. And I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say you can use your own parts. Uh, oh, that's yucky. awesome and disgusting. Yucky. Yeah. Ugh. And for, you know, some animal forms are going to be easier than others to like get parts from, but you'll probably need the help of your friends to do that shit. So uh, that'll be fun. That's cool. So let's cut back to our training here. So we're going to go again with the banjo winding. I think we see Oromar winding a banjo and he's doing it very quickly because he's got this superhuman strength. He goes fast, fast, fast. And basically the, the I think, strings on the banjo are so strong and so thick that the wood of the banjo folds and cracks before the string breaks. Hawano like puts his hands on his head like that's supposed to be impossible. He like freaks out and Oromar just shrugs. Because that's definitely something that Dref taught him to do is the shrug. So yeah, he's got he's got a classic shrug in there. Gable, how have you mildly improved but still not quite nailed the basket thing? Uh, now Gable is like really good at like the juggling of the baskets, but they're too close to the edge of uh, the the city, so they're juggling a little bit. But there's a great gust of wind, and they all fly out of Gable's hand <laughs> over the side, and it, they just look over their shoulder and back to Hawano like. Bleh. And Hawano just shakes his head again. Okay, so yeah, it's the parachute thing. What part of the parachute thing have you guys figured out but not quite fully nailed yet? And we're never gonna stop till we're off the ground. Maybe we've like we figured out how to like really whip it like a wet towel. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool and makes a fun sound. But also yeah. I, I think you've learned how to control the parachute. So, like, you can be in the air, you beat it, and you beat it so hard, you're, like, suddenly 12 feet up, and we just see you drift off into the distance, and Hawano has to, like, run after you, like, trying to wave his arms, indicating to you to how to get down, but you don't quite get down. And I did remember the other thing. The other thing is trying to put on all these complicated clothes in a really graceful way. And I think let's let's see Jonnet do this. Jonnet, how are you getting closer to there, but not quite nailing it? So we see it's like a shirt, a big poncho. So we see a super tight of the the poncho, and we see limbs going into the poncho. We see Jonnet like hitting the ground and then like standing up and very triumphantly. And then we look and then we see that he put the poncho on, on as pants. Um, so he put them on <laughs> upside, upside down. And Juana and Juana's just like how classic. <laughs> how, yes, classic, classic training montage goof. Excellent. So then we will cut back to Travis and the Morgan. Well, now you see things can go your way and there's some valuable things for you to learn. Middle. 
shame, though, as she's drawing the card. I do think after all this, she's going to be quite upset with you. Speaking of her. Uh, uh, <laughs> Impossible. Uh, Impossible. That goes your way, though. That's one of the cards that still favors you. And I laid down that I'd be taking a risk, too. Certainly the things that I am asking you to do are risky things to do. But it's no fun if I don't have a risk. So I think I'll tell you one of her secrets. That'll really rile her up. William, tell me, do you know that you're not the only William that there's ever been? Well, it's a fairly common name. No, you know that's not what I meant when I said that. Well, I... I mean, I know there are other changelings. And you've known that before you were a changeling, that the changeling's tail was still a thing. Still a luminary, still a story in this world. The forest queen adopts a foundling that has no parents or home, and she saves him from the touch of death. And in return, he is her plaything to dress and use as she sees fit. And then one day, in the forest, he meets a woman. And she is fair, and she is kind, and she is good. And the two of them fall in love. And they want to be together. Oh, but the queen, she can't abide by that. So, she tries to drive them apart. But of course, their love is true. Their love is more blessed by the union than any love that has ever graced sphere. They can't be separated but by death. And even in death, they're supposed to be together. At the end of the changeling's tale, the river always claims them both. Except for you. You're part of a broken story, William. But that's not her secret. Her secret is that your story was broken even before that. It's that no William and no Margaret were ever meant to die. Well, then why did they? Well, I suppose you'll have to ask her that. Because that's the end of the secret that I'll give away for free.
We are aboard uh, the deck of the Uhuru uh, as a bunch of the crew has just heard the, the dinner bell ring um, and is preparing to uh, head to go eat. Uh, we see Gable, Jonnet, and Nodos uh, like heading down from top deck uh, to where people are getting food, kind of, kind of, I guess, on uh, the Baja deck. Um, I don't, I don't remember the levels that we established. <laughs> I tell you what, after a long day of difficult work, I am looking forward to eating some nice and good food. Yes. Oh yeah, I can't wait. I'm famished. Johnny pats his belly. We spent a long time mucking the bird stables, and that sort of labor really gets a body going for food. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you you're lucky mucking the bird stable. I I had to swab the deck, and we have to do that thing where you have a rag and you're just kind of on the ground swishing the rag across the deck instead of using a mop or anything. Really inefficient. Yeah, and you have to do it in four four time. <laughs> well, yes, to to accompany the work song, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I gotta say. Today's work today's was amazing. Delightful. A syncopated rhythm. Uh and no dose. No dose. No dose. You've got pipes. The rehearsals are paying off. What can I say? Complicated wow. harmonies really just uh, ch- brings chills to the spine. No, yeah, Jonathan. I guess we've all had a pretty uh vigorous day Ugh. at work, Ugh. haven't we? Ugh. What do hey, you J-J-J. want, Jerry? Uh, oh, no, nothing. I was just, <laughs> uh, I was, I was just um, you know, thinking about getting some food, too. I've worked up quite the appetite. Um, and I heard y'all talking about food, and I thought, hmm, they probably know where the food is. It's in the same place every every week. It's, it's, it doesn't it, change. We get it, it doesn't move. It doesn't move. It's the one place. Jerk off, Jerry, what do you, what do, you do? For work. Well, I, you know, I like to find a nice private spot on the ship, uh-huh. and then um, once I know that I'm alone and I'm in, you know, in the mood, I start just cranking my heart. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. All right, yeah. We've, I mean, there's been a lot of innuendo, and I wanted someone to just say has it. there. That's pretty straightforward. So anyway, well, I, I for one am, am very much looking forward as soon as I receive my plate full of potatoes and and pork skins and other mm. things that have been cooked up for me. I'm going to dig right in immediately. Oh, yeah. Well, not I'll not be... so fast now. One of the most important things about anything is washing your hands. Washing my hands. What? Who has time for that? Also, isn't water dangerous? Wouldn't it be better to just dig right into a big steaming plate full of potatoes and pork leavings? No, no, no. Now, water's only dangerous unless you've got soap, which we all know neutralizes the power of the mariner in water. (laughs) How could we possibly forget all of the wonderful (laughs) battles that we fought against the mariner in which we used body wash to... (laughs) Annihilate his defenses. How could yes, I? Yes, he succumbed to X. Um, yeah, and you know one one great thing about uh, 
washing your hands before you do anything, whether it's eating or another different thing, Turn is that it does it does um, prevent <laughs> you know infection and and uh, irritation, which is always a plus. But doesn't it take such a long time to wash your hands? Wouldn't you rather just have a bunch of potatoes in your mouth immediately? No, because the potatoes might make you sick because of your dirty hands. And it doesn't take that long. Why, it only takes uh, 20 seconds, which is about how long it takes to sing uh, the chorus of the Skyjacks theme song. Probably. <laughs> Statistically. <laughs> Oh, hey, hey, everyone. It's Slam! Slam! Yeah, slam a feet. I don't feel like hanging out right now. I got a really bad tummy ache. Oh, no. That yeah, sucks to hear that, Slam. Okay, now let's get back to this food. <laughs> wait, 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 no, wait, wait, wait. My tummy ache was no, quite relevant. <laughs> did you, now, Slam, did you prepare all the food with your tummy ache? Oh, yeah. That's my job on the ship oh. is peeling potatoes. Now, did you wash your hands? What? <laughs> did you wash Oh, you didn't even hands? know what that, were, what that meant. <laughs> which part Which part don't you understand? Is the, that's my question. Let's go uh, beat by beat. Just break that down for me. Oh, you what know, that's that, how I love to operate. What does that process operate? look like? Mm. How much protein do I need to... to do in order to build up the the core strength for that. All you don't. All you need is twenty seconds and soap and water. Yeah, well, I definitely haven't been doing that for great, sure. Great. Well, yeah. then I, I recommend okay. that nobody eats these potatoes because y'all might have a little tummy ache afterwards. Oh, but they're right there. And angels are immune to norovirus, so I'm just gonna go ahead. Oh, now, Gable's Gable. got everything. I do. I'd be careful if I were you. Don't you know what? Put 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 your I, foot in it, jerk off, Jerry. I, I'm gonna eat these I nasty bet, potatoes. I bet if we asked Bathroom Barry, he'd be able to tell us a thing or two about your activity in there. Oh, and I bet I bet that sometimes you, you know, have an upset tummy too. Gable petulantly, petulantly like sits down to eat. The, the potatoes and, and pork bits, uh, they stick their fork into the potatoes and a horrible, like, skeletal tentacle emerges from the potatoes and starts, like, wraps around Gable and starts slamming them against the table. <laughs> well, I guess we learned the important lesson of washing our hands before we eat or prepare food. Gable! Thanks, jerk off, Jerry. Johnny pulls his knife and launches at the skeleton hand. Well, if there's uh, no potatoes to yeah. eat, I guess it's I'll... It's got um, poison sacks! I'll go find a private room and yeah. know, occupy myself. Johnny, if I... Jerk off, I'm Jerry. Johnny, Johnny, no, Gable. <laughs> Stay with me. Stay with me. They've got to finish their, their monologuing soon. And then when they do... They're going to get help. They're going to get help for you, Gable. All right. Bye, y'all. Have a good time. (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. 
The history of role-playing games is weird and wild, and we here at System Mastery are determined to look through it all. Every heartbreaker that drove a man to bankruptcy to see his vision of D&D with really specific armor maintenance rules come to fruition. Every game where you get increasingly certain as you read it that this is all just one person's weird fetish. Every system that painstakingly recreates how medieval life was really like, and then also you can cast Fireball. The System Mastery podcast wallows in the filth of RPG history. Come! Join us in the muck at System Mastery. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. <laughs>